oh, he really does want to? Because mm-hmm. I think up until then, most of my partners were just like rushing through everything. So there yeah. was no chance for me to even like take a breath and like let that, like to get there. Mm. Just my experience. Very this few, is, very few. This is really cool um, because we haven't even started speaking about the topic that we're going to speak <laughs> about. And you said masters and I'm thinking, what, what have you got a masters in? <laughs> no, 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 my master. <laughs> my, my dominant I do love how that little snippet of the interview fitted nicely into my intro music there. Hi, this is Rose Cooper. Welcome to The Eloquent in the Room, episode sweet 16. How are you all doing? Have I got your attention? Um, yeah, g'day, how's it going? This is, it's part three of Adulting Consent, a series I started at the end of last year with a two-part interview with Betty Martin. If you haven't heard that, I would encourage you to have a listen to it Um, because I'm getting to the subject of sexual consent, but I'm taking the scenic route like I did with um, Orgasm when this podcast launched. Um... I want to come at all of this from all sorts of uh, perspectives, ease us into the concept of personal agency around consent as well as, um, you know, the nuts and bolts of uh, the Me Too movement, all that sort of stuff that gets a little bit more tricky and emotional and triggering and all that sort of stuff. So we're still in the realms of sitting in our sense of self-esteem, self-worth and how it affects our ability to give ourselves permission just to be ourselves. Um, And I didn't know that was where I was going to go when I asked Wyo to have a chat with me ostensibly about BDSM. So it's difficult to know where to start. Basically, um, I met Wyo when I discovered her on Instagram We had some really cool exchanges and discovered that we had loads in common, at least with our attitudes towards our creativity and our activism and our desire to spread love across the universe. Um, And we organised for um, me to appear on her podcast, Sex Stories, um, which is basically um, a weekly podcast that she puts out. And she talks to people who confess their real-life experiences. Um, and these experiences really cover the gamut. And there is, uh, <laughs> there's no holds barred. And um, even though I've talked a lot about sex on my podcast, I haven't been really, really, really nitty-gritty. Okay, maybe talking about an orgasm while I was in labour was a little bit on the nitty-gritty side. But, but it hasn't been really super graphic or super candid or super personal. Okay, maybe the oral sex episode was pretty graphic, but that was a teaching moment. Um, Yeah, have I left any other graphic bits out? Anyway, as I was saying, Wyo pretty much got my entire sexual history out of me. The actual recorded bit went for about an hour and a half. Um, And 
because she's so darn enthusiastic and so open and innocent and curious and excited and enthusiastic about every aspect of sex and connection and and relationships and discoveries and all the stuff that I'm also enthusiastic about but she is next level enthusiastic um it was really hard not to spill my guts um and if you're interested in how that played out you can listen to the episode either just by audio um, by searching out sex stories with Wiley, or you can pop onto YouTube and listen to it while watching us chat. Um, and like I said, I don't really leave much out. She doesn't give me a chance to let to leave anything out because no sooner do I mention something and her eyes would go really wide and she's like, oh, how did that work? And, you know, what happened next? And, and tell me about it from the beginning and don't leave anything out, you know, like really, really, really just, it was really hard not to open up. And after we turned off the mics, we kept talking for about another hour and a half and we talked more about her life and um, attitude to sex and her sexuality and the fact that she's into BDSM and she's a sub and it was just a an open and fun conversation. There's just such a, a vivid rapport between us and um, you'll notice it <laughs> when you hear us talking and um, I'll pop bits and pieces of this uh, in video form onto YouTube and Instagram and all that, all that sort of stuff. Just see how much <laughs> we just bounced off each other really well and um, it's a Oh, I just consider meeting her to be such a profound gift because here we are almost 30 years apart from different parts of the world, opposite parts of the world, with really different backgrounds and upbringings and um, educational experiences and life journeys and relationship experiences and everything. But um, the essence of what we're about is found very much on the same page which is amazing to me it's such a beautiful thing and let's face it in sex positivity world it is a jungle out there interestingly enough the timing of our interview was more than a little bit awkward given that um, we'd made our appointment to speak um, which would have been 11 o'clock on Thursday morning Australian time, but it was Wednesday afternoon, January the 6th, her time in LA. So when I woke up that Thursday morning, the news headlines were screaming about what was happening at the Capitol in the US. Um, and I was gutted. I was emotionally paralysed. I just sort of sat with my boys and we just watched it unfold and, and chatted and just sort of, uh, it, like, here we go again sort of thing. But this was, this was such a, a moment. This was such a, an I told you so moment in a lot of ways. It was, it was an irrefutable and undeniable moment. And I can't get over the fact that, like, it happened the day after my last podcast went to air where I had a bit of a bitch about Facebook and about 
people who were fooled by right-wing rhetoric and how it was getting to me and then, you know, like less than 48 hours later this shit was going down in Washington and I was supposed to have this conversation with Wire. So I sent her a message um, to check in to see how she was. It was still a couple of hours before we were due to talk and I was like, we can put this off. We can put this off as for whenever it suits you. Um, but we agreed to check in the next day. And neither of us knew how we were going to feel. I knew I felt like shit on a stick and I knew she'd have to feel a million times worse. There's, there's, it was such a seminal moment in history and it was everything that everybody had been experiencing during the year was coming to this peak of, uh, you know, I don't know. I know I don't have to articulate it. I know a lot of people feel it. Um, but, you know, people who have bonds with people from other countries feel this stuff really, really um, viscerally and, and emotionally and em- empathetically and, and stuff. So so when we decided, we, we checked in on uh, Thursday her time, Friday my time, and we found ourselves wanting to reach out and go, um, okay, let's let's connect, let's talk. Let's share the moment um, and see how we go. We may or may not talk about (laughs) the topic that we were going to talk about. We didn't know how it was going to unfold. And it unfolded in a really interesting and beautiful way because we were talking about connection and the internet and how... Gosh, it's so ironic when you fucking hate social media so much but it's so ironic that because of social media she and I became friends and she's American I'm Australian and all this stuff is going on and we both felt um calmed by having a lovely conversation which opened this up to like deeper meaning around connection And she being her and me being me, we always knew sex was never going to be very far away from the topic and BDSM was going to come up sooner or later. But we we went off on a really interesting tangent. So this little uh, section is in and of itself going to be completely independent of the topic of BDSM. It is about permission to be ourselves and it's about connection and and how it all sort of ties in i don't really have to explain it too much because it does actually unfold uh, in a self-explanatory way but i just wanted to put you in the headspace of where we were at before we even started talking um and the date that we were talking on because it's all very very relevant to how the conversation panned out And just sitting here to introduce it, I'm immediately sort of feeling quite emotional about the fact that it happened the way it happened. Um, The world's in a really interesting place and uh, there's so much to unpack about so much. Um, And the eloquent in the room is about cognitive bias and, you know, our our self-image and... the way we present to the world and the way the world responds to us and and makes presumptions and projections about us. It's part of the human condition and it's also part of the the 
bits and pieces that go along with the job of um, being some sort of commentator or being some sort of artist or activist that is trying to um, be part of the conversation and, and express oneself and try to do it with some measure of authority or gravitas uh, while still being authentic. And both Wyo and I wondered how our goofiness could factor into that. <laughs> um, so here we go. Have a listen. Um, and please stick around. We'll have a quick debrief at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, so that gives us a good segue. Hello, Wyo. How are you? <laughs> Hi, Rose. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, it's really... I'm so happy to be talking to you again. Yeah, it's it, it was one of... I think it was October, I think, last year or something like yeah. that, where we, where we mm-hmm. talked on air for about two hours and then another hour or so after that. And, yeah. And just found that... Um, as many um, hours that, as there are in the day, we could unpick a lot of topics. <laughs> yes. 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 So it's wonderful to, um, I think the, the coolest thing about um, doing interviews for me, because I haven't been doing many interviews, I've been doing a lot of um, opinion editorial kind of thing. So when I'm mm-hmm. doing interviews, it's my way to connect with not only the person I'm talking to but connect to myself as well and who I am in in the space of intimacy. Absolutely. I've yeah. been thinking a lot lately. I think you would connect with this and maybe actually you, maybe our initial conversation planted this seed, but I've been thinking a lot about the erotic energy we as artists, as creative humans in general can exchange. Mm. And I mean like erotic in the broadest sense. Mm. And so I feel like it's that energetic exchange. And I think that's what I like so much about sharing sex stories and hearing other people's sex stories is it's sort of like a segue into like a depth of relationship that you normally don't get with like strangers. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a permission. As soon as you create any space for conversation, you've created a safe space for the most part. So, yeah, it's, um, and it's, and energetically for me, it, it is, um, it's like the door's not shut. Inside me, the door is not shut. It's more of a, a, a dim pilot light. I guess, mm. and when I when I talk to people, I realise how much uh, the lockdown situation during the year and my own personal um, need to um, hibernate a bit and all that sort of stuff just um, has kept this pilot light sort of flickering and, and, and getting duller and duller. And as soon as mm. I talk, as soon as I look into your face right now and listen to your voice, um, I just feel this beautiful warm glow, and I think that's that's that erotic energy as well because we're combining our experience with the moment that we're allowing to happen and unfold. Yes, and just to speak to my side of a similar thing, it's not happening in a vacuum. It is for me oftentimes the connection. Like, you know, during the solo quarantine time, I've definitely had some dark, difficult days. As much as I am truly an introvert that likes to be alone and have all this time to work on art stuff, there are these moments where I just where I almost feel off as well, where I like, where it's just like a wet pilot light, you know, the the match matchbox that got rained on. And so I think that that's the other beautiful gift is 
is finding ways to use the internet like this to talk to you on the other side of the world in this time where it's so important to be able to reach out and feel comfort from someone. Mm. You know? Like like these times where, and I think there is so much like beauty in the connection, our ability to connect with and hold each other from afar, from all over the world. So that's like, so I think that's also one of the things that drew me to you is I sort of get the vibe that you have that same big picture, um, like Aquarian, Aquarian, not to be like really woo-woo Los Angeles, but age also to out myself a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but we, we are in that age. And like, I also have been freelancing for an astrologer for the past eight years. So I've absorbed oh, yeah. all of this knowledge. So Saturn and Jupiter astrology lesson did just move into Aquarius okay. and Capricorn, the sign that comes right before it's like the, the, power, control, authoritarian, like male part patriarchy. And Aquarius wow. is the sign of the group and coming together and finding new ways to do things. Could mm. also be the lone wolf, can also be the head that's disconnected from its heart. But if we can, I really believe that if we come together at our highest, if we can like match through technology, Aquarius rules technology. Okay, quick confession. I didn't want to disturb Wyo while she was on that tangent, but I have to confess I am a little bit of an astrology geek myself and I'm approaching my second Saturn return. So the times we're in are very auspicious globally, but also within my own little world as well. It is spooky. Mm. Maybe, maybe I, I just... I'm so stupidly hopeful sometimes, but I just think that we can find ways to replace the fear that's causing this hate and violence mm. with love. Like, like mm. I think it's possible. Will we do it? I don't know, but like, I'm going to do what I can. Yeah. <laughs> you know? No. Well, and so I think that's what well, the de-shaming and the, just like the invitation to like join the flame. If you feel like it, otherwise keep hibernating because like, that's a good self-protection mechanism too. Mm. Um, and like the permission to turn it off and on. I don't know. I feel like I learned so much from you um, in our in our interview. I keep like the thing I think I've reflected on the most has been like the guttural sounds, the like letting your body make the sound until your body follows. You know. Mm. And, and okay, another quick aside. We did talk about BDSM during our previous conversation, but we also talked about things that I uncovered in my first series, 2020, An Orgasmic Oddity, including the secret orgasmic potential of vocalizing during sex, particularly during orgasm, and what a powerful orgasmic accelerator it can be. That... Um I just wasn't conscious of, and it's been such a sexy gift. <laughs> Yay. Yay. That's all's going. Yeah. It's like, like already we've just landed in a, in a, a puddle of um, so many different things that I want to talk about. <laughs> Can um, you tell I'm alone all the time? And I'm like, I just need a person to talk to about stuff and ideas. <laughs> Yeah, I just wanted to, um, I did want to follow up on that because that's what we did when we touched base. I'm like, I'm, I gave you some homework. <laughs> like, wow. see what happens, see what happens and open your mouth and tilt your head back and or, or grunt or whatever the sound is, just experiment with them. So so let's let's just talk about that for a sec then. Yeah, the other thing I've been wanting to tell you about that is that has given me it gave me like a sense of bodily permission so it's seeped its way into my nude photography so I do these oh, self-portraits cool. for anyone who's not familiar I do like a lot of I love taking naked pictures and I realized recently that it really is more for myself than for anyone else and I mm. realized that when my my dom who I call my master yeah. um who I'm submissive to 
he told me recently that he doesn't like he jerks off to our porn, not to my nudes. And I had this moment of like, oh, should I? Am I wasting my time? And then I was like, no, he's appreciative. Like he's appropriately appreciative. But like that's when I was like, oh wow, they really are for me. Cause like I I I like taking them. That's like a reward to myself for when I need a break or something. Mm. And so the thing that your uh homework, your permission to allow my voice to speak with pleasure without moderating it. Mm. Um, that's allowed me to find new freedom in those photos and to like let my mouth be open and my throat be open and these other mm. positions that I think for me, you know, people, I'm a funny sort of shy. I am shy. People are like, you share everything. You're so brave. You're so free. Well, no, I'm not. Like, I, I mean, I just have different things that I'm uncrinkling at different amounts. And so for me, just like, having an open mouth, like making a really sexy face is kind of a big deal for me. And so that's been seeping in and it just feels like, oh yeah, fuck it. Mm. <laughs> I love this. Like the pleasure, you know? Well, it's a, it, it puts it into a situation and a context of what, you know, every picture tells a thousand words and yeah. rather than that being, because you do have a beautiful body, but Rather than saying, look at my beautiful body, it's like, look, look at what I'm thinking and feeling. Yeah. Mm. And, 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 and that like, visceral like uh, aspect feeling. comes in. Yeah. Mm. Look what I can feel. Look what I'm, it's like a gift of allowing myself to, to let that be witnessed. I don't know. It's something that I would have been so, um, too shy to do even a few years ago I think yeah. you know when I started taking nudes it was like you could see my shins and the curve of my hip laying mm. on a bed and that's all you know like very mm. very implied nudes and mm. I've, um, I've come like a long that. joyous mm. way <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. I, well what I've also learned is people actually respond way better to the things they can't see mm. <laughs> than you know showing all the bits like that's people um that's where yeah, the art a, comes in, I think. That's and I like you say, so. that the erotic energy is anticipation, um, and it's in the things we don't say or the things that we're we're hoping that each other is picking up from something. It's really interpretive. The more and I'm bad at that, implied. and that's why I really struggle with. No, so that's one of the things from the Esther Perel, who I've read since talking to you, and blew my mind when it came to mistresses and monogamy and keeping. Like I would, it's. I didn't understand about privacy in relationships. I didn't understand about giving people space. I really struggle to understand implicit things that create sexual tension. Like mm. I I don't get it. I, I miss so many things. And it's very, very funny because literally just the other day, one of my friends was like, you know that when someone says, you know, in a sentence, they never mean it literally, right? Because I'm always like, oh no, I don't know. And I'll like tell someone. And she just the other day was like, you, that's just a turn of phrase to check in with you. And I was like, oh, always forever. And she was like, yes, that's a rule. Yeah. So I miss these things that are very basic and obvious to most people. I've just got these little pockets, hey, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But to be fair, some people do add, you know, at the end of a sentence with a certain amount of eye contact and, well, I was just feeling... You know, you know, and, I, and they and can't I don't articulate. Assume. And yeah. I'm just like, well, I want to. <laughs> I don't want to lie to you. No, you know, no, tell me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. and so, for me, um, I think, funnily enough, it's like in all of my sharing, I'm learning what to cover up. You know, and I did have a bit of a shame spiral recently because I've been listening to all the Brene Brown books. You know, mm. I've listened to all of them in reverse order, so I'm, I still have to read gift gifts of imperfection, okay. but there's a section on oversharing. And I 
was like, oh my God, am I oversharing to everybody? Because she talks about, you know, you have to build a certain amount of trust with people. And I've been just sharing my personal details for the last two years. Yeah. But the thing that makes it different when you're working with a broad audience is like clarity of purpose. You know, is it processed or are you like seeking something inappropriate from the audience and, and um, like having clarity around your own boundaries? And those are things that luckily I think I have really, really uh, a lot of clarity on because I'm such a mission-driven purpose. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm such a purpose-driven, mission-driven person. I get it. No, I totally get it. It's, and it's I just like, want to share the sexual joy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's also um, in, the, in, in the moment, if you feel there's a teaching moment, you do sort of go, okay, I have to be uninhibited in this teaching moment to tell someone something. The really interesting thing about you and how you and I connected so well is um, I can be a little bit triggered and a little bit dodgy when it comes to talking about certain subjects and Mm. um, seeing certain imagery. And I can't even sometimes fully understand why I feel what I feel, whether it's insecurity or not jealousy or envy, but um, I don't know. I'm, I'm really, really lost for why some things trigger me and some things don't mm-hmm. with regards to nudity and disclosure and all that sort of stuff. And I think the content is almost completely irrelevant. It's because I know what you're trying to do. It's because mm. I know what your intention is. And when I know... But would you tell me if, I, if you thought I was going about it wildly wrong? Because I have... My, my, my niggling fear is that I'm just like totally off my rocker and no one will tell me because they're amused or something, you know? No, no, that's... Oh, I, I feel what you're saying so much Do because... You? Yeah, well, the reason is um, when I wanted to come in to do podcasts and get onto social media to promote it and all that sort of stuff, I had... Mm-hmm. Uh, a fear or apprehension about having to promote myself, which kind of means in social media terms, promote my visage, work out whether or not um, what that might look like. And I know that in in myself I still feel as sexual, as sensual, as Mm -hmm. attractive. Mm -hmm. I know intellectually there's reasons why I should and sometimes do go, oh, that's not very attractive. <laughs> but mm. I, I'm consciously and unconsciously um, allowing myself to fall deeper and deeper in love with myself as I get older and yeah. and not because uh, I, I think it's because society keeps telling me not to, but it's also because I'm single um, I've had a lifetime of going from relationship to entanglement to crush to sex addiction to um, a lot of stuff. And I just think oh, I'm really just trying to get into who I am, why I yeah. am, all that sort yeah. of stuff. So now you've got to then transpose that into who am I as this person on the internet? Which is a horrible form of torture. It is. It's weird. (laughs) It's weird. But well, it's because you have to tell the story about yourself, and you're like, but I'm a thousand stories, but one story, and and what's the most effective story, and who am I? You know, like it's. And I think also for the people who aren't natural 
So I want to be really clear here. I talk with my therapist about narcissism a lot. Mm. And there's a distinction between healthy narcissism, which is like, hey, these are the good parts of me and I'm actually happy, excited, and proud to share them. And then there's like the egotistical narcissist who's a a black hole of neediness. Mm. And I, I struggle so much with personal sharing in in the that advertisement sense that actually that's why I started to make my Instagram into art projects because I I felt uh just like a lot of pointlessness because it just felt so like look at me look at me look at me but then every person I talked to was like no you need to be the face of these things no people need to look at you you know and I'm, I'm like I don't, okay so mm-hmm. um for me I think I find so much freedom in having a mission, like in a clear around what I do. And I think that's, that's a funny thing about me is people are like, oh, she's just like this, like free spirits chick. And I'm like, actually everything's organized and fits together in my head, like a large puzzle. I'm just like only this far in. Wow. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's diabolically, um, interesting. <laughs> that's a two words that probably are an oxymoron, but, but I've, I, I watched, that I, I watched the pieces come together because I've been following you and I've been watching what you do and you've got the two, is it only two spaces on Instagram or do you have more? I have another wild photo that I sometimes post on, but I'm not really doing photography anymore, you know, so I'm not mm-hmm. trying to advertise my services as a photographer in Los Angeles because like, oh, I don't want people coming into my studio, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Although I've done some on the street stuff early in the mornings when no one else is around, but most people don't want to have 7 a.m. shoots. So, you know, um, but yeah, sex stories and my wildly are kind of my little artist spaces. And I just have mm. so fun making, so much and fun it's making clearly collages. a gallery. You, it, you're clearly looking at an exhibition in a gallery. It's not like a collection of selfies. It's 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 a uh, a collage of so many different ideas and some and sometimes it's, <laughs> it's not just you and I love I love um this uh the spaceman element that was in the <laughs> recent oh, ones and those just all, wait those wait all, until you see what's coming I love that gold here. suit I'm a bit jealous of that it's so cool. Oh my gosh. I mm. love it so much. So I actually went to this art show a couple years ago and there were it's like a big it's called Raw Artists, and I think they have them all over the world, maybe. And so it just was a couple blocks from my house, and I was walking past, and I was like, I'll go inside. And so I looked at all these artists, and there were fashion shows happening as well. And so a group of, like, very sexy alien-style ladies, which is, like, totally my jam, but they're, like, roundier in the best places that I am, like, had these suits. And I was like, I, was like, I must have one of these suits. Where did you get them? And they were like, Amazon. <laughs> so I oh, just typed okay. in gold bodysuit Amazon. It was, like, $17. <laughs> Oh, really? Gold suit. Yeah. It's so... But I love it. Yeah. But I love things like that. And I want to, you know, the reason that I love the science fiction genre so much and my ultimate goal in life is to make science fiction films Mm. because I think that that's the best way to entertain and invite people into a new sexy way of being. Mm. And like, I'm a huge fan of the author Robert Heinlein who Mm. died the year before I was born, almost, you know, within 51 weeks exactly. And my number one true sci-fi love because he has so many um, sexual relationships that are different styles that aren't the traditional monogamy but it's all based in relationship and community. And so I think a lot of people, at least the people that talk to me personally are like, polyamory means that you don't really love each other and you're just trying to cheat on each other. But it's like, 
read these books and then tell me if you don't understand how great it would be to have a loving community of support and not mm. everyone has to sleep together. Mm. And also like the world changes when jealousy is not a factor. Anyway, mm. uh, I could just go on and on about the ideas, but the, so that's, it. Um, it all just sort of fits together for me. And uh, yeah, aliens, I find, I don't know, collages, artists. <laughs> well, that's when I, <laughs> I um, got off topic. <laughs> when, no, but it, to me, it's completely on topic because when I, I did my little orgasm series at the beginning, um, I came up with the title um, 2020 An Orgasmic Oddity, which was an homage both, <laughs> both to the film and to David Bowie, obviously. Um, but that started me dropping other references in. I'm not a huge, huge, huge sci-fi buff, but I, lo- I do love sci-fi. Yeah. And I also um, framed um, authentic sexuality or authentic sexual expression. If no one's telling you not to be ashamed, who would you be? Barbarella, Barbarella, that's who you'd be. So I did a whole, yeah. did a whole spiel on Barbarella. So, um, so oh, I, 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 I so get it. You know, I could be um, completely comatose when it comes to my own um, feeling sexy. But if you mm. threw a space babe party, I'd be there tomorrow. I'd find, go and find a suit and <laughs> something sparkly and I'd re-inhabit that just because yes. I realised that's in my, back in my, uh, when I cared more about it, um, whether or not I'm presenting as, you know, feminine and sexy and all that sort of stuff. I've suppressed, I'm not suppressed, but mm. um, I've cleared a lot of stuff away, mm. if that makes sense, because I, I'm uh, I, uh, a bitter and twisted woman <laughs> who is tired of people just framing you in a certain way, whether or not ticking the box, looking at you and whether or not you are sexy or you're not sexy right, and you just, right. and you, and you become aware of it or, or less aware of it. And I'm just, I enjoy relaxing and not thinking about it and all that sort of stuff. But, um, at the same time, um, I still think I'm sexy. I don't care whoever I, <laughs> thinks I, Okay. Sexy. I can relate to so many pieces of that oddly. Like when I cut off all my hair, part of it was because everyone thought that like, like it was like I had this beautiful blonde hair that, that made people just see this like bombshell that made them miss my weird parts that are, that are me. Yeah. And so like, and that, that I love that I want, like, I want people to like, I want to attract friends that like me because I'm silly. Like yeah. I've had a lot of friends that just like look at me weird when I'm silly and I'm like, oh, those are not my friends. They just like my mm. hair, you know, and, the, and that's mm. an overstatement. But but there was something about that where I was just like, well, what if I just get blank? Like what it would, mm. and then who am I? And then I also had to go the other direction because once I felt like I was like, okay, this is blank. Why are people still attracted to me? Like it took me actually, I started shooting more nude photos of myself when I was 27 and I had just shaved my head and was traveling around South America because I was like, I don't even know what I am in my body. Mm. And I, and at that point, I, I'd i gone through a really stressful year and had been producing online reality TV and I was so out of touch with myself, so I didn't feel sexy. And that was kind of actually the beginning of this entire exploration journey <laughs> that I'm now going on. So, mm. um, you know, so it's just wild. And so I can only imagine too, like with every passing decade of my life, how that will evolve and change. Mm. It's 
It's crazy, and I, I don't know if you plan to have children in the future and all that sort I of don't stuff. Know yeah, yeah, but like these... I don't want to do it by myself, but I also can't force a relationship, and also like I'm living a weird life, so who knows? <laughs> yeah, but it's just it just feels like. Um, I don't know, young women grow up and they're in their 20s and they get a sense of who they are and they meet someone and they contemplate having a child and then society's screaming in their ear from one side, yeah. but 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 what will it do to your body and, um, yeah. you know, and how, will it change your life and career and all this sort of stuff. There's all these um, expectations and, and stuff that, that make you think too much about everything that doesn't matter and not thinking about whether or not um, parenting is something that you really want to put a lot of energy into because yeah. it, you can't really opt out once, yeah. <laughs> once yeah. you're in there. Once you, you're in, you're in. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's, I don't know, the entire journey um, of being a human being right now is... <sighs> a lot. <laughs> it's complicated. It's so complicated. And um, do you ever contemplate giving something up just before diving into it even harder than you did before like you're just about to go I don't want to do this anymore and then for some reason you attack it even with more energy oh that's a good question I do think about giving things up all the time I think I'm pretty steady actually but 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 just to be really clear I am an art workaholic like I 100% am, you know, I don't have children, but my art is my babies and I, I, I work all day long and it's been a minute since I have, (laughs) basically the actual answer is I have so many projects spinning. Some of them are just on hold, but it's not indefinitely. I will get to them. And Mm -hmm. then there are these certain moments where I'm, I have these like spurts of inspiration. And so then I had just have like a mess of notes for these things that I will, like, I can tell you the six projects I'm working on over the course of the next year. And I might not get to the last three. Like, it's just going to depend on, you know, how much, how much, how much I have to hustle free for freelance work and how long each thing actually takes me. But, um, I, yeah, I don't have those like lucky experiences either artistically. I think the luckiest experience I've ever had that has been related to my creative self has been finding my master because pretty much in my life, I've had to work really hard for everything. So I'm actually in the place where I'm like, what does life look like if you stop working hard and do things you actually enjoy? Mm. So far, the answer is it looks naked. You know, and so it's so it's interesting because I I guess that's how I've learned I'm so stupidly committed to the art that I'm working on. And you know, it's 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 what I love. So I'm not like it's not actually stupid, but it's just kind of like wild how attached I am to the my creative babies. Mm. When I was um on the verge of just walking away from social media and just hating it and and wanting to just withdraw from a lot of things. Um, and then I started doing this. So I yeah. realized I had to not, I had to double down on it. I couldn't walk away from it. I had to get bigger and, yeah. and all that sort of stuff. And social experiment wise, um, I know that um, I'm a fan of um, Blind Boy. Um, he's a uh, Irish guy who has his own podcast and literally just talks on a whole range of topics from art mm-hmm. to pop culture to politics to Irish history, um, racism, like everything, really well-versed on it. He's a very, very um, affable, um, irreverent guy, swears 
blew the whole the whole nine yards. But um, even he is aware that when he get when he does his social media, because he'd ru- he's already got a following, so he doesn't work really really hard to build up a following based on his Instagram or all that sort of stuff. Right. But when he does post a picture of himself, because he works with a <laughs> you love this shopping bag over his head. Mm. Um, with the eye holes cut out and he, he retains a certain amount of anonymity. Mm. Um, but when he takes a f- – sometimes, he, and he says he does a thirst trap on Instagram and takes a photo, a uh, close-up of his face, and he does have incredibly beautiful green eyes and long eyelashes and all the rest of it. And because he's got the bag over his head, you really zero in on the eyes. And he knows that if he does that, he'll get – ridiculous amount of likes and just so many people commenting on his beautiful eyes and wow. and his engagement skyrockets and he's someone who doesn't care about that but he wants people listening to his podcast so even he finds himself having to not compromise but feed this you know put the put the coins in the slot to get the result that you want mm. even though uh his beautiful eyes have literally nothing relevant to do with him as a podcaster at Mm. all he's not selling contact lenses or (laughs) you know it's just it's it's uh yeah so even even I've posted on Facebook an old photo of me in my 20s in a bikini just to see what happens and it's ridiculous how many people that are engaged have to comment on the fact that I used to look good um and I think why that was 20 years ago or 30 years ago why does everybody feel like they have to stop what they're doing mm-hmm. and, and leave a comment and 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 sort of put praise on on how good you look and um and I'm thinking the rest of the time I'm posting stuff about what's going on in the world what upsets me da, da, da. no one cares but if you put a picture of yourself in a bikini on your on your person in my in my case, even on my personal page, I get engagement. It's interesting. It's but, weird to me. Well, this is where I feel like I have a bit of a backward experience because I do feel like uh, I lose followers every time I post nudes and every time I stop posting for a few days. You know, like I have a backwards experience. I don't think my thirst traps work. Like I think people are interested in something slightly different than whatever I'm doing. Like I have no idea what coins to put in the slots. Mm. Like let's just say that. Mm. And so I think that's the other thing about just like I have to just keep marching to my own little mission. But I know that I, when I see people posting old pictures, I think it's a cool way to connect with you know, a version of them that I never got to meet, but maybe in an alternate reality, maybe we were friends back then. Or I just, I I think also assume that sometimes maybe people are just, um, I think we're trying to tell each other what we we would want to hear so often. Yes. I I think that's, I think that's the thing for sure. And I think there's so much that's so painful and difficult in the world right now. I know that I so often have felt the feelings are too big or I don't feel like I have anything intelligent to say. And I try, you know, I try, <laughs> I've been trying, but, but I feel like, you know, the words are never enough. That's the, Pi- I have a little Pisces moon just to talk astrologically, deeply sensitive, sometimes goes to silence. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's, um, 
I think we've also been taught that the internet can be a really mean place. Mm. <laughs> so it's hard, I think, sometimes to have real conversations out loud. And I, so I think that's kind of what I admire about what I think we're allies in trying to do. It's just, it's like, okay, well, what happens if we do say a real thing? Yeah, yeah. And just understand it. And, and um, uh, someone I follow and have met, oh, well, I haven't met, but who I, who I feel um, strongly about um, this past year is Janaya Khan, who is Canadian-born um, Black Lives Matter, um, one of the original sort of um, builders of the movement out of Canada mm. and, and stuff. Um, they are living in um, the US and uh, have been part of this amazing driving force and the way they communicate is um, inclusive and calming and and beautiful and they check in every Sunday and, and give a talk on where the movement is at and to keep people feeling engaged and, and not to give up and not all that sort of stuff while simultaneously being the most magnificent looking human being on the planet at the same time um, and non-binary as well. Mm. So um, and and is a fashion model and could walk away from anything and just be a fashion model. Um, and they always look fabulous when they present as well and always wear things that accentuate their non-binary, mm. very, very buff, beautiful, uh, beautiful face and just absolutely magnificent human being that they can't help being. But you, I sense that there's awareness of that for me, they're also giving the gift of challenging people's perceptions of um, gender and beauty yeah. and, and masculine, feminine, all that sort of stuff. So they bring so much to the table. But in the quietest moments when Janae is just looking into the camera, always looking down the barrel of it very, very close and saying, I am here with you and, you know, you're not alone, saying to me, it just feels like talking to hundreds of thousands of people but saying to me you're not alone we're in this fight together and um I have got so much comfort from that because just mm. being white felt I feel inadequate in the fight and all that sort of stuff so I just can continually um I'm an advocate with behind, standing behind, not shoulder to shoulder, but behind and elevating their message mm -hmm. as much as I can. Um, but everything that we've just talked about in regards to connection and visage and um, everything that's going on in the world, like somehow to me they embody that all that authenticity and even this morning, um, the message uh, that they left was like, this is also confusing, all that sort of stuff. We're too cute to be dealing with this. Like, <laughs> I love that place, yeah. spirit too. Yeah, that's it's like the human part that's missing from so much of the discourse too. Yeah. We're talking people. Yeah. We're people. Mm. Being a person is weird and very imperfect and and. The idea that we should be perfect is destroying us all, especially yeah. with social media. Yeah, it's nice to be talked. I love that. Talked to rather than talked at. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, absolute, absolute gift of an angel of a human being. Oh, uh, yeah. So, 
uh, anyway, that's completely off topic, but not because, like I say, it's just um, the 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 way the love spreader, a fellow love warrior. Yeah, and the way the way we feel about ourselves um, as women, as non-binary, as whoever we are, um, getting past that apologetic thing. Mm. Always feeling apologetic for whatever reason. <laughs> so I'm I'm looking to you as a role model, and I'm looking to them as a role model as well as like mm-hmm. you, what you gave to me in that conversation that we had, and in your wiggle abrasions that you have <laughs> <laughs> permission to celebrate with your whole wiggly body. Yeah, and just um, oh, just. It, acknowledge that as beautiful as we perceive each other to be we're all completely absurd as well both and Mm. and that's why I get so mad when people one of the things that I love about most of the nudes one of the reasons I resisted posting super sexy things I still don't post them often behind paywalls maybe but I like to post nudes where I'm a little bit silly because Mm. I like to demand that people notice like oh yeah, she's naked and doing a sexy pose and are her socks sharks eating her feet? <laughs> yes, they are, yeah. you know? Yeah. And those are the things that I'm just like, are you paying attention? Because so many people don't pay attention. Mm. And I just, want, I just want to talk to people who are seeing what's in front of them, not seeing what they want to see. Yeah. And that's, that's the strange projection thing. And, you know, and I try to be compassionate and we're all just doing our best to get by, but like you know, figuring out how, how I can break through the like things that we think we're supposed to be doing to find the actual people. Like that's, that's what I want. I just want more real conversations in the world. Mm, mm, absolutely. Um, so BDSM, how's that going for you? <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> oh my gosh. So good. So since I saw you, since I saw you laugh, I have... I think you were between people. I had broken so that's how that went. See what I mean by us going off on a tangent. But it was still apropos giving yourself permission to be who you are and to feel the feelings that you have and to integrate that into who you are as a um, an artist and an activist and as a human being and as a woman and as blah, 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 blah. And it keeps being this feedback loop of us second-guessing who we are and even someone who is on the outside massively accomplished and organized and talented human being such as Wyo still has her moments in the room of self-doubt from time to time. So I thought that fellow creatives um, might find that conversation interesting to eavesdrop in on. Um, And also I did mean it when I said that um, she had inspired me quite a lot because um, of her silliness and I decided that I would, um, I don't know, embrace that within myself, particularly as I'm reaching the very hysterical age of uh, 60 coming up later on at the end of this year. So I decided to do my little Kate Bush homage every week on Instagram and it really is permission to be me, permission to be creative, to salute my absolute goddess hero and to also find that um, essence within myself that is the place where I identify very strongly with Kate Bush. Another hero of mine, 
Amanda fucking Palmer, um, put a post up just this morning. I'm actually recording this particular bit of the podcast uh, on Saturday the 16th, hopefully posting it well ahead of the deadline, unlike last time. Um, And she posted one of the spare pictures that she had from the photo shoot that she did for the cover of the album There Will Be No Intermission which um, is a epic, epic, epic album. It's also um, an album that you have to be in the, a good headspace to uh, immerse yourself in because it is a full immersion into a lot of stuff, a lot of emotional stuff. And her soundscapes and her voice is very theatrical and very emotional. And, yeah, it's a lot of stuff. It's it's a fantastic album. Um And on the original cover, she's naked, standing on a pylon on a um, at the end of a pier. It's dusk, so um, in in natural light of the setting sun, her her body is is bright, shining. She's holding a, a a big sword aloft. It's just a fantastic image, and it's very crystal clear. There's no sort of airbrushing. The fact that she doesn't shave her armpits or that she has um, had a child and uh, she's got hairy legs and and she's a magnificent human being and she's beautiful and and she's just so strong and powerful and it's just such a great great image. Fucking love it. Um, and there's a another take that I guess must have been being considered for the front of the album and it's her in the same sort of position but she's wearing this magnificent gown which is kind of bedraggled but beautiful. It's a a big ball gown that she's wearing. And so she posted that and it's again, you just look at it and go, oh my God, the lighting, the setting, the powerful, um, uh, you know, just where she is sitting in her pain and her power simultaneously as a human being and as a female and and as a storyteller and as an artist and as her own muse. And let's not forget that Frida Kahlo was her own muse and Yoko Ono was her own muse and a lot of artists out there are their own muse. Wyo is her own muse. Um, And someone left a comment (laughs) Just saying, oh, I'm sorry, but like I like you, but I'm sorry, but you um you do glorify yourself way too much, and so Amanda sort of grabbed that little comment and um, made another post, and just said, yeah, well, actually, yes, yes, I do, and there's a reason for that, and that's because we are oppressed. Women are oppressed. Um, I wasn't necessarily raised to glorify myself. I I came above it. I'm a survivor. I'm this. I'm that. And the other thing, and. And we as women um, seldom embrace the most powerful and beautiful parts of ourselves. We're forever apologizing for or feeling like someone is waiting for the other shoe to drop, waiting for us to say, yes, I feel good about myself, but I also feel bad about myself or or something. There's, there's just subterfuge and noise around being someone um, who expresses themselves in a certain way. And I'm really enjoying finding um, connection, particularly with someone like Wyo, who does post a lot of nudes. And I have interesting thoughts around what I see out there. But she said she wanted people to pay attention. When I saw her and found her on Instagram, I did pay attention because I'm the kind of person that will 
click on a picture and read what the person has said about it. And she's always finding something interesting to say um, or making a point about the election last year or, um, you know, it has something to say. So that's where that kindred spirit thing happened. And I don't know, what are the odds? What are the odds that we would become... um, close and connected and feel so much love, genuine love towards each other um, and have these wonderful conversations. So I'm really looking forward to releasing the second and third part of the conversation. But I want you to marinate in this one first and then marinate in the next one. You know, there's a lot there to process. There's a lot there for you to access as a human being and sort of see where you fit into that conversation and what you relate to. Oh my God, I do ramble on. Speaking of connection and engagement, um, my podcast is hosted by Podbean and it's distributed to everyone. Obviously, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, all of the platforms. So wherever you're listening to this, um, the host who actually lets me upload their files, lets me, I pay them, I upload my files to be distributed in the first place. They're my host. Um, Along with paying for that privilege, um, as part of that package, they get to, uh, or they feature your podcast in their advertising uh, for a week. Now, I didn't know this straight away, um, but a couple of months into being a podcaster on Podbean, I happened to read the fine print and I saw this thing about being featured for a week. And that week has been this week just passed. And It's been such a lovely thing because people who are regular listeners to podcasts on Podbean have seen the eloquent in the room thumbnail staring at them and they've been intrigued enough to uh, click on it and I've picked up quite a few followers and quite a few listens over this past week so I just want to say hello to people who are on the Podbean app. Thank you so much for um, listening and thank you for following. This is such a gift for me because it's these follows and uh, comments and things that that um, increase your engagement with other people. Like I'm not out there paying lots of money um, for advertising or anything like that. I'm kind of just using social media. I'm just working my way through trying to get organic engagement um, and build a community around what I'm trying to do with the Eloquent in the Room projects. It's not just a uh, podcast it's also the stuff that I do on social media and I want to do more stuff I've got music in the pipeline and I want to start doing more YouTubes and stuff and you know have these weird conversations about life and sex and all that stuff um so yeah welcome potties (laughs) podbeaners um podbeanies whatever you want to call yourselves welcome 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 Please do me the great honour of um, sharing the podcast with people and please um, go back to earlier podcasts and catch up on, it's only, there's only 15 preceding this one and send me your feedback while I've got your attention. Please send me your feedback, 
questions, um, visit the eloquentintheroom.com. Um, go to the links page and you'll see that there is a self-esteem survey that I'm trying to um, get people on board with. I did have a orgasm survey and that went gangbusters and that's what I used in my orgasm series. But with consent and um, self-esteem, they... They very much go hand in hand, how we give ourselves permission to follow our own instincts and do what is right for us and give ourselves permission to seek pleasure and feel okay with it and not feel guilt or shame or all this sort of stuff before we even contemplate having sex or giving permission to someone else. Like there's so much that goes on to that single concept of... Um, what we will allow, what we want, what we want to receive. Um, so, yeah, go back, listen to previous ones. Listen to Betty Martin especially because that is something I'm following on to and I am building up to talking about self-esteem and um, body image and how that factors into how we allow ourselves to receive pleasure and then how that factors into the way we feel about um casual sex, relationships, and why we don't communicate our needs. Unless, of course, we are a well-practiced and ethical member of the BDSM community and then consent and boundaries and uh, self-awareness seems to be the cornerstone of all of that. So the community at large does have a lot to learn about just the most basic communication concept via BDSM. So that's something I'm learning and um, you're going to hear all about it next time. Until then, stay safe, be kind to each other, get hugs where you can. If you don't have to social distance, enjoy them. But if you do, be careful. Um, sending you all my love and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.